Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone. Welcome and happy holidays. This is USA Global TV and Radio, and I am Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck, the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network where we are celebrating you, our loyal followers. We're celebrating our team. We're celebrating our guests and our sponsors. Our show today is Authentic Achievements, and our topic is the top 10 things that we're letting go of as of December 31st, 2022. Joining me is the star of our show. She's based in London. Her name is Kim Adele Randall. She's highly successful and accomplished as an author, as a coach, as a business owner, as a strategist. And she comes here every week, just opening her heart and just sharing stories that are so relevant that draw people in all the time. Let's hear what she's been up to. Welcome to the program. Hi, Dr. Jacqueline, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How was your festive period? It was festively unfestive. I just spent the time working, basically, and working out. How about you? Uh, yeah, it was lovely. I, I had my little girl this year, Scarlett. Uh, so it was it was fun-packed, albeit poor little soul did end up being really poorly. So um, lots of time curled up in front of the um, TV watching Christmas movies, which... It's a real joy, to be fair, albeit not that you ever wish your child to be poorly. <laughs> That's beautiful, though. That's what the holidays are about, spending time with family and especially a child and that curiosity and everything is new and exciting and fresh. So I'm very happy for you and for Scarlett as well. And let's not forget Pudding. Oh, no, no. Pudding won't let us forget. I'm sure he's bound to join in on the show. <laughs> we welcome him. So we'll see. We'll see how we get on. <laughs> well, you know, Kim, we talk about a lot of different topics on this show, and I've gotten really wonderful feedback about everything that you're sharing. So thank you so much for doing that. Today, we're going to talk about 10 things that we're letting go of as of the end of this year. And also, I'd like to have us reflect on things that we accomplished this year that we are really proud of, and not in an ego way, but in a heart-centric way. So I'll start with you. What are Three things that you're really happy about that you accomplished in 2022? Oh, great question. Um, so the first one is another year being a mum to Scarlett. You know, I look at the little girl that she's growing into and she's kind, she's considerate, she's curious. Um, she's got such a passion for other people. And I'm just very proud that I get to be part of her journey so she will always she is my north star um and she's always my moment of reflection of the art of the possible the art of what can be uh you know as i've shared before i was 43 when i had her i didn't think i could have children um so it's always a moment of blessing for me to reflect on all the things that i thought i couldn't do and actually you can and i i was blessed from above um on that one but just that perseverance and keep going 
Um, the second thing that I'm proud of is having done a TEDx. So it was on my list of things to accomplish before I was 50. I'm 50 next year. Um, and I was very, very fortunate to be given the opportunity to um, do a talk for TEDx Doncaster, which I did in October. Uh, and it went out in December. And I've had some really mind-blowing feedback people that have reached out to share their story as a result of it which is amazing uh, and I'm so very grateful uh, and the third thing I'm grateful for is the opportunity to have learned new things this year so I've done a couple I did a degree in understanding children and young adolescents mental health uh, to help me be as good a mum as I could possibly be uh, and I also just recently did my elevated listening course uh, by your lovely self, Dr. Jacqueline, um, because I'm passionate about being the best I can be for, for my clients and for the people that I come into contact with. And listening is such an art form. So I, I really relished the opportunity to build on what I already knew and try and be an even better listener, because it is a skill that we have to keep working at, isn't it? Absolutely. And you ruined the surprise, Kim and Dell. <laughs> I was going to announce that you are officially a certified elevated listener. So thank you. I saw the email come through and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to announce it on the air. So I was super excited that you joined our team of elevated listeners in addition to being on the co-hosting team. So congratulations and look for some social media posts later today. Oh, I will do. And sorry to ruin the surprise. I was just so excited. And I think... I think it's a gift to ourselves to to give ourselves the, the chance to keep learning because there's so many other things that can get in the way. Um, so I always think when I've found the time and not given myself a big list of excuses, of which I'm pretty good at, um, then I have to recognize that I took the step. And I I I think when we when we open our minds and we learn something new, it, it only helps us grow, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it really means a lot to me. You know how important the whole listening and people learning to listen at an elevated level is not just for this platform, but for peace on earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was so insightful because, you know, I, I often talk about the fact that people listen to interject, not to understand. You know, we're, we're, we're so terrified of the silence that's going to happen the minute somebody stops speaking that we desperately start thinking about how we're going to fill it. And therefore, we're not really listening anymore because we're we're now creating. We're, we're thinking about what we're going to say next. So getting comfortable with that silence um, so that actually you literally just listen is uh, something I try really hard to do. But the course was so helpful in giving you hints and tips and, and showing you situations that you kind of looked at and went, oh, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so it was a, a really great opportunity to, to kind of reflect and uh, refocus, I guess. Well, I appreciate that feedback. I think it's interesting. I put together a clip, a promo for The Power of Listening, and I ran it yesterday and I created it almost a year ago, which is kind of shocking. I think it was January 9th when I put it together on iMovie. And when I looked at it, it was so interesting to just see me personally, the changes physically, like 
weird hairstyles, <laughs> you know, and all the role plays that we did. And I thought, well, I really have to update this. Um, so, but it is amazing what happens when we do listen. I found myself yesterday committing one of the errors that I can't stand, which is when people provide a solution and they weren't asked for it. A friend was texting me that, um, he had been in the hospital with an emergency situation. And I said, Hey, did you try this? Did you try that? And I thought, what am I doing? I'm providing a solution. And I wrote, you know, and he's, uh, he's an elevated listener. And I wrote, I'm doing the same thing that I criticize people. So it, it is easy to fall into things when we just feel like, oh, I want to help in some way. And we don't have to help just by listening. We are helping. So thank you for sharing your three top. I really appreciate that. And can you share yours? Yes, I definitely can. Let me think. Uh, I would say the first is the books that I published because I mentioned this before on the air that I really never thought about writing except they wrote my doctoral dissertation, which is a completely different kind of writing. But my father encouraged me to write and I found an email from him in 2011 with all these resources of things that I could uh, utilized to write. And anyway, it's just amazing how, you know, as an author, you've written more books than I have. How many of you have now? Nine? Uh, no, I'm just on number six. Just on. Okay. Six is a big number. So good for you. But you know how it, it is a whole process. There's a lot that goes into it. And then you put your time, your energy, your effort, and your money. Let's not forget that it costs money. And then you don't know if it's going to sell or it's not going to sell, but it's, uh, I think, really rewarding to put it out there. It is. It is. And, and your books are, are great because they, they cover such a, a spasm of, of the of audience, don't they? So they appeal to so, to so many. Um, and I bet your father's really proud. <laughs> well, I hope so. I really did put myself out there in, in the first two books. And then uh, the next one is the children's book. And the fourth one is coming out January 14th. Although I have to say we had a guest on yesterday who's a publisher and she mentioned never to publish a book in January. <laughs> so I said to her, oh, whoops, I have one coming out in January. So we'll see what happens. But I would say that's my first. And my second is actually going to happen today. God willing, it's uh, going to be accomplishing my 500th class of solid core and solid core is uh, a workout that it's not for everyone. It's extremely hard. They tell you that the coaches tell you that in the class that it's not for everyone, but it's for you because you decided to, to take it over, but it's mentally, physically, and emotionally, it pushes you to your limits. It is absolutely the hardest workout I've ever done. And I've gone uh, 10 weeks in a row. I only missed one day because I had to have a colonoscopy. So I am excited. I went out yesterday. I don't usually buy any clothes, but I wanted to buy like a little outfit that I would wear. And I thought that's ridiculous. I don't need an outfit to celebrate it. So, uh, so that's my second one. And the third one would absolutely be the incredible friendships that I've developed with people from around the world as a result of coming to this platform. Amazing. And it is, it's a, it, it's a fascinating um, platform for that, isn't it? We meet some amazing, amazing people and I'm very grateful to be part of it. And you should be very proud of the impact that you're having. Well, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I really love working with you and having you as my friend and seeing you grow and watch your TEDx speech, which, by the way, if you are watching on television, you can see the link for Kim Adele's TEDx speech, which I highly recommend that you take a look at. 
Um, I think also it's important that as we come to the end of the year, that we look at things that we've been doing that are maybe dysfunctional or not helping to serve us. And also maybe things that we've been obsessed about or saying to ourselves, I have to change this and I have to change that. And maybe we just say, no, I don't really have to do anything. I should do what is going to be best for me, but driving myself crazy isn't going to be one of those things. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's, it's so true. We do, don't we? We, we? we tell ourselves off. We, we give ourselves goals that aren't even our goals. And um, we do them because we think that other people might think that we should have those as our goals. So, you know, I do it constantly. It's like, I must lose more weight. I must look different. I must do this. And it's like, if it were really important to me, I would have done something about it. Instead, I just berate myself for having done nothing about it and then tell myself I'm going to do something about it tomorrow. But for the things that are really important to me, I'll do them. Um, so one of the things I'm going to let go of um, as we move into the new year is goals that aren't mine. Things that I have created because I think other people think I should rather than things that I've created because genuinely they make my soul sing. I think that's brilliant. I love that. And as a follow up to that, we also get so caught up in what other people think. Oh, we do. We do. I mean, we, we live in a compare and despair society. You know, we compare ourselves to everybody else's seemingly perfect lives that they have on social media. And then we despair at the messy reality of our own lives and find ourselves lacking. And yet, you know, as I say to people all the time, funnily enough, we, we don't post, I don't post the no makeup selfie when I've been up all night if Scarlet's ill. That is a blessing to the world that I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't post when I've burnt dinner because I got carried away playing Barbies. But do you know what? All of those things happen. And um, so we're all putting out our very best version of ourselves. And the reality is that's not how we live all of the time. So I think, you know, just being kinder to ourselves and saying, you know, life does get messy. Life does have its ups and downs. We do have days where we feel like we look all right and days where we feel like nobody should have to see us. <laughs> but that is just how it is. But it's interesting if you ever ask other people for their opinion of what's going on in the world. Um, you know, I, I struggled for, for years and still do on... Um, um, the way I look and, and how I show up and not being good enough um, and not being what other people expect. And yet when I meet other people, they'll be like, you always look so immaculate. I'm like, really? I always look such a scruff. I always look such a scruff and I try desperately not to be scruffing. And yet I always look like such a scruff. Um, but their view is very different. So I think sometimes asking other people for their opinion allows us to have a 360 view of what's really going on because unfortunately we are pre-designed to often see ourselves in the harshest light so true and you look great by the way so eliminate that word from scruffy whatever you said eliminate that uh, to the point that you just made on uh, christmas day i actually was on social media i went on instagram and all these beautiful families in their pajamas in front of their perfect tree and the perfect meal and so my mom and i didn't do anything on christmas i just worked and worked out and i started looking at the pictures and i started feeling a little sad and i thought this is all contrived you know i'm happy for everybody who's 
celebrating, but they're only putting on the best pictures of that are orchestrated for social media. And so I think for people who struggle with mental health issues, that's a really tough place to be to see everybody looking like everything in the world is perfect. And again, that's just one moment in time. And we want people to be happy. We want people to feel good, but we have to balance that with what's really true. Because if we're just putting the beautiful, the pretty, the the rich, it's not true. It's not reality. No, it's, it's so true. And, and it's funny, you know, I used to desperately take photographs of everything because I felt very guilty as a single mum that I get the privilege of seeing so much of Scarlett's life and that the rest of the family don't get to see as much of it. So I used to take pictures every single day, everything we did. Uh, and then it was about a month, maybe two months ago, that I suddenly went, you're not being present because you're busy taking a picture of whatever moment of joy we're having to share it with other people rather than just being present. Um, so I stopped. Uh, and for the last couple of months, I've just been present. And every now and again, I remember and I take a picture and I send it and give people an update. But I give them an update of what's been going on, um, but with less of the pictures. So I didn't take any. I took pictures of her opening presents on Christmas Day morning to send to the people that she opened the presents for so they could see her open their present. Um, but I didn't take any others. I would just was with her for the day. And we we were very lucky. We went and spent some time with, with friends and and it, it, it was a, a lovely time, but it made me realise that actually I enjoyed it so much more being present with her than I did going, oh, that's a big, great shot. That would be, wouldn't that be lovely? Let's just take take this one. So I think it's, it's getting it in balance, isn't it? I think sometimes we, we're busy projecting to the outer world rather than actually living in the real world. Very true. Very true. And I think for you and for me and for other people who are influencers, obviously we're out there in the public domain. We want to motivate people. We want to inspire people. So sometimes it almost feels like it's incumbent upon us to put pictures out there to inspire people. But I don't feel that it's in a way that some people are doing it, especially the, the movie stars and whatnot. It's always, you know, look at my 10 homes and look at my huge ring and look, it's like, no, we don't need to look at it. I'm good for you. We're happy for you. So I think that's one area. I think um, also for me, people will just in the conversation say, you know, we've got to get you out there. We've got to get you, you know, doing a social life or traveling or no, you don't have to do anything because I'm really happy with the way my life is. Maybe you're not happy with the way it is. But again, people just voicing opinions. And then I think to myself, I guess they don't like the way that I'm living. I guess that's what it is. And they, for some reason, feel sorry for me, but there's nothing they feel sorry about because I've chosen the life that I have and I love it. Oh, that's, that's so true. And I think it's, um, I think it's because people want to help. Um, and if you've got a life that's different to their life, then actually the, the assumption often is that, um, it must be lonely you know I, I'm on my own with, with my little girl and people are like oh but you know you should meet somebody why <laughs> I'm perfectly happy on my own with Scarlett we've got a great life we have tons of fun um so, but I think you know be, when, when I've chatted to, to friends it's because they can't imagine living their life on their own or parenting on their own or you know any of those things that doesn't it get hard it's like everybody's life gets hard 
your life will get hard even though you've got a partner it's not like just because you're with something somebody else that that suddenly means that everything becomes easy life has its challenges it has its ups and downs it has those whether you're single or whether you're um part of a a, a couple it's the same thing it's about actually whether or not you're happy and, and to your point dr jackie you're happy you love the life that you've got so you shouldn't have to change it um it's just we live we live our lives slightly differently perhaps to other people yes i really agree with that it's interesting someone contacted me the other day and said that they're splitting up their their relationship and they have to meet somebody and i said to this person maybe you need to providing so they asked for my opinion maybe you need to take some time just to figure out who you are and what you need and i think given that you are single, I am single, you really get to know yourself. And it's not easy to, to look in the mirror sometimes and see what you see, but then you get the, the ability to work on it. When you're with a partner, many times that just goes by the wayside because you're so busy pleasing them and doing what it is that they want and maybe vice versa, that you don't have that gift to yeah. be able to reflect as well as to make choices. And you don't have to answer to anyone. You don't have to, no, I don't have to be there. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. And I think when you're alone long enough, you kind of get settled into that. Yeah. Just like when people are in relationships, they get settled into the dysfunction or settled into how could I possibly break up with her or him because I've been with them for so long. But that's, again, what you talked about, fear, fear and hope. And I think when we stay in a position of fear, our lives are not fulfilling or as fulfilling as they could be. It's, it's true. And I think sometimes we, we, we try and live our lives to how other people want, want them to be. I, I remember um, uh, this year for, for, my, for my birthday, my little girl wasn't at home um, for my birthday and she was very upset about it. And she was like, but mommy, you won't celebrate, will you, without me? And I was like, of course not, darling. I'll wait till you're back and we'll celebrate We'll celebrate together. And so I decided that I was actually going to spend the day totally on my own. And um, not because I'd not been invited to lots of places I had, but I was like, all of those feel like I would be celebrating my birthday. And I'm not doing that because I said I wouldn't. So I'm going to spend the day on my own. I'm going to take myself off for lunch. Um, I'm going to sit and people watch for a bit. I'm going to come back and watch movies. And I'll... Um, do all those other things another day just not on that day and it really bothered lots of people they were like but we were really worried about you spending the day on your own but I'm choosing to I've got all these options it's not because I haven't got options it's because it's a choice I said naturally I spent a lot of years not liking myself at all so it feels like a real celebration that I like myself enough that I want to spend time with my on my own in my own company as I would never have said that years ago. I would have done anything to not be in my company. Um, so having done a lot of work on myself, uh, and to your point, Dr. Jacqueline, that having to look at yourself in the mirror, you know, I always say, you know, as a, as a, I've yet to meet a woman that can put mascara on without looking at herself in the mirror. So we know it's going to happen at least once every day. Um, and for years, I didn't like what looked back, not in the slightest. I would just be critical of everything. Um, and now I can look back and be proud of who I've become. And so for me, sometimes taking that selfish time um, to just be by myself is my gift back to myself. Because when I'm with other people, I try really hard to 
be listening to them, to give them the space to understand what's going on in their world. And so it's nice to be able to take that step back and just be. Congratulations. That is outstanding. I really admire you and respect you for that. I spent during the pandemic, both of my birthdays by myself. I spent Christmas by myself and this year coming, I'll be 60 and I'll be by myself. So I am thrilled with it because I'm going to get a massage. I'm going to have my nails on things I haven't done in at least a year. And I'm going to go work out twice. And that's what I want to do. I probably work. I don't even know. But for some people like turning 60, for example, it's, it's almost like they need other people around. I have to have a big party. I have to go on a trip. I have to do this. I have to do that. And that's great for them. I don't need that. In fact, I had a very special birthday that I actually went uh, over to Europe. I'm not going to say where in case the person's watching. And um, I had a, a friend come with me and it ended up that most of the trip was spent with my friend fixing her makeup and, and what she's going to wear and drying her hair. And so literally hours were lost with this obsession that the person had. And I thought to myself, why did it bring this person? I would have been much better off by myself and actually returns on another trip by myself. And it was, it was wonderful. So for anybody out there, spend some time alone. You would be shocked what might come up for you. And I think once you get over that initial feeling of panic and anxiety, you're going to have a big smile on your face. <laughs> There's so much opportunity out there and you're going to learn about yourself, things that it might surprise you. Oh, that's it's so true. And I, you know, I remember when um, I mean, my husband separated. Um, I took Scarlet on holiday. It was the only thing that I didn't know if I knew how to do it. Um, because I was like, I can do everything else. I lived on my own before. I, I've been on holiday on my own lots of times, but I've never been on holiday with my child. And she was, uh, she would have been fifteen months at the, the time that we went away, and. The only thing that I couldn't work out if I knew how to do it was how was I going to cope with a, a toddler uh, and a pram and a suitcase and security? <laughs> so, <laughs> if I get through that, I think I'm going to be fine, right? Um, but I was amazed how many people I met, and people were really kind and really lovely. Um, but I met so many people, and, and I went to the duty free, and I was milling around, you know, get, getting bits and bobs. And this lady started chatting to me, and she went, "Yeah, you know, who are you going on holiday with?" And I was like. Well, my daughter and I'm oh, sorry puddings decided oh, hi pudding words um and she was like and who else and I went well uh my, my daughter <laughs> surprised and she went you're joking she said I've been on my own for seven years and I've never gone away with my children just my children she says I've always taken a friend or a family member or something uh, and she was like did you not think to take somebody and I was like no <laughs> never, never crossed my mind I want to work out if I can do this so so this is going to be fine and they were super kind and they gave me they ended up they gave me staff discount because they were so impressed that I was taking my child on my own with nobody else um which was very very kind of them and I was so so grateful but everybody I met was so genuinely surprised and I was like but she's no more difficult to look after in another country than she is at home <laughs> so looking after her is easy I do that every I do that every day. <laughs> so all I need to work out is can I navigate these additional challenges, um, and and then we'll and then we'll be fine. But it was amazing how quickly, to your point uh, earlier, how quickly people give us their view, as their opinion. Now, their opinion was I was extremely brave, 
And I was like, why am I brave? I'm going on holiday. It's not brave. It's just I'm going to do something that I'm going to thoroughly enjoy with a person that I love spending time with. That's not brave. That's like indulgent. That's um, it's a gift. Well, yeah, it's, it's a gift and I'm dead excited about it. But some, I, and I guess that's how we look at the world, isn't it? You know, some people um, look at the world and they see the opportunities and other people look at the world and see the challenges. Um, and yet both are there all of the time. In every day, there is opportunity and there's challenge. It's about which one we choose to focus on the most, I think. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I have a comment. I just want to share from one of our favorite people here and Louise O'Connell watching over on LinkedIn. She writes Bravo. She is the founder of OC Publishing. She's in Canada. Thanks so much for being with us, Anne. So the other day I went for a walk. It was dark. Um, I took the person I live with, you know who it is. <laughs> I'm going to say her <laughs> name. And uh, she was a little concerned about going because it was dark and I was holding on to her. And I said, look what a beautiful night it is. And people still, they have the Christmas lights up and the moon was out. And she said, what if we get attacked by rabid dogs or what if we fall and trip? And I said, the two of us are here in the same scenario. And, and one person sees it one way and one person sees it another way. And of course, as you get older, you start to get you know, a lot of fears, I would guess that's what, the, yeah. uh, but I choose to find the positives. And I've been like that, I would say most of my life. And I remember it was an executive, one of the companies where I worked, I was speaking with her about the fact that um, this is many years ago, I was in this dysfunctional relationship. And she said, but guess what, you really have a gift because you use that time to get your doctorate. And she said, if you were in a relationship that was really gelling and working out, you wouldn't have been able to do that. And I said, you know what? That's actually a really good point. And that doctorate means way more to me than that person did. So a follow-up from Anne. I saw the topic and had to stop to listen. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So what are some other things that you want to let go of or that you want to just stop beating yourself up about? Um, so one, one of the things I've literally just started doing it and it's been such a godsend. I was dreadful for having the world's biggest to-do list. And every time something came up, it's a cow pull on the to-do list. And then I'd start every day looking at it and going, oh, there's a lot to do, isn't there? <laughs> it's only so many hours. Um, so what I've started doing, and I'm going to carry it into next year, is I've started at the end of every day saying, what are the three things that have to be done tomorrow for tomorrow to be a success? No more than three. And I write those down. And they're the first things that I do every day. So I block out the first part of my calendar so that I don't take calls or do anything else unless it's an emergency. And I get the three things done, which means I'm guaranteed by lunchtime to have had a successful day. And it's totally changed my life. I'm no longer beating myself up about things on a to-do list that how many times have we done that? We've not done the thing on the to-do list. And then by the time we get round to it, it's no longer relevant. It wasn't even important. So we were just busy being busy. Um, so freeing ourselves up to just focus on the things that really make an impact um, has been an absolute game changer for me and one that I'm definitely taking into um, 2023. That's excellent. Congratulations. I yeah. love that. We get we get stuck, don't we? I think I, you know, I I spent years being busy, um, 
And if I wasn't being busy, then I felt there was something wrong with me. So I was just do, I'd had more things in that make me busy because that was my, it was my um, measure of success without realising it. If I could get to the end of the day and say, oh, it's been really busy, or it's been manic. I've had a manic day, then I felt good. Um, so my life served a purpose. I'm like, but what did you actually do? What's, what did you do that was of any significance? What did you do that added any real value? Or were you just busy doing lots of little things that probably nobody even really noticed or needed? Um, so I think giving us you know, giving ourselves permission to say no is something I'm taking into, um, into next year. I'm really bad at being an absolute yes person. You know, people ask me to do things and I say yes, even if I don't want to do them, we me to go place and they go, yeah, 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 of course we'll do that. Even though I'm dreading it and thinking I'd really rather be, you know, curled up with a cup of tea and a good book. Um, I say I say yes all the time. And I used to feel that if I didn't say yes to everything, that people wouldn't like me or wouldn't want to spend time with me anymore. Um, and then I realised that I was doing lots of things that I didn't enjoy, that I didn't want to do, that other people might really want the opportunity to be a part of and so now I give myself permission to say no um to things that I, I don't want to do <laughs> um, and we all have to do some things that we don't want to do so I mean that, there's a caveat to it but you know the things where actually it's of no detriment if you don't do it and you can actually just choose to say I'd rather not thank you <laughs> um because we, we I think we're often so busy trying to be everything to everybody we forget to be who we need to be for ourselves that takes a lot of courage yeah it it it, it really does it's, it's probably one of the bravest things i've ever done and yet it didn't feel very brave at the time it felt selfish uh, and i think that's another thing that i'm going to let go of in 2023 is badging everything that i do as selfish Anything that's about doing something for me, I assume is an act of being selfish. And yet, actually, would I think that if somebody else was doing it for themselves? No, I'd, be, I'd congratulate them for, for taking some time for themselves. Uh, and so you know, another thing that I'm going to let go of is assuming everything that I do for myself is selfish and giving, putting myself first on occasion, you know, doing things like I would never dream of not cooking a meal from scratch if I've got Scarlett at home or if I've got other people around. I love cooking. So I go all out and, you know, we, we just spent for the, for the holidays um, loads of time making pâtés and jams and things to take round to people because we love cooking. Scarlett loves cooking. And yet when it comes to it's just me and I'm in on my own, I always think, oh, it's just a bit a bit over the top to go to all that effort, Kim. It's just for you. So I'll have beans on toast or something. And I've stopped doing that and gone, actually, no, if you go to the same amount of effort for other people to cook them a nice meal, why won't you go to the same effort for yourself? And it's not selfish to go to that level of effort for yourself because you're a person too. And I think that's been a, a real changer for me. I think that shows a lot of growth, a yeah. lot of maturity. Yeah, it feels it feels like I've grown quite a lot because I, I was I, I and when I think of the the kind of where I've come from to, to where I am, when my little girl used to go to her dad's when we first separated, I was convinced if I didn't spend every minute of the time that she was away from me doing something for her, then I was basically saying I didn't really want to be a mum. I mean, what a ridiculous statement. 
it's ridiculous. But I, that's what I created. So I would spend the whole day alphabetizing her books. She was, what, 13 months. She couldn't read. She didn't know if they were alphabetized or not. But I was like, oh, that'll be really nice, won't it? And I'll color coordinate all the toys. I could fill a day with useless activities just to be able to say that I'd spent the whole day doing things for her because I didn't want to register that she wasn't there. And I now realize, and it has been a real growth journey, that doing things for me allows me to um, fill my cup so that when she's back, I'm on full form to be the best mum that I can be. And that taking time to recharge isn't selfish. It actually allows me to be the best person I can be for her and for everybody else in my life. But for many, many years, about 48 of them, I thought anything I did for me was taking away from other people. I now realise that anything I do for me actually helps me give more to other people because it keeps me recharged. That's brilliant. And I hope our audience embraces that and takes it into their own lives. Because I know when I was growing up, I was told that I'm part of the me generation, that it's all about me and, and that's selfish. And what we realized, and I think for me, I started realizing it when I was going through the certification process to be a coach, is that you have to work on yourself. If you can't work on yourself, there's no way you can help anybody else. And I think to your point about busy, to me, that's like a four letter word. When someone says, I'm so busy, really, are you productive? Are you creating something? Are you giving back? Are you putting out? What are you doing? And many times, oh, I don't even know. The day just went by. I was do busy doing this, busy doing that. And they really weren't creating anything of value. They were just taking that gift of time that's so precious and just filling it. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And it, it, I think it is a way that we have all learned to measure ourselves, you know, we say, oh, if you had a busy day, or were you then predisposed to feel like you should say yes, because if not, you've been lazy. Um, it's like, actually, some days, no, I haven't. I haven't been busy at all. <laughs> uh, and I'm really proud of that. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And I spent years being guilty. Uh, and it's it's funny, I looked back at, um, it was actually a recommendation. So it's on my LinkedIn from years ago. I mean, I worked work with this guy in, uh, 2001 to 2005 so you know we're, we're talking nearly uh, nearly two decades ago and he wrote at the end of it her work rate is legendary and I couldn't understand it um, and yet now and I got yeah I consult for, for clients all the time and, and they joke that I can get you know people say do you, do you just have more hours in your day than everybody else and I'm like no <laughs> I don't um, I'm just quick I'm just quick at what I do. I've worked out I am quick at what I do. But that is as a result of always having felt lazy and always having felt not good enough. So I would just do more and more and more and more things, thinking as long as I'm busy, as long as I keep adding things in, then people will think that I'm relevant, that I am worthy of being here. And whilst it was my Achilles heel for like three decades, it's become probably my shining light now that I'm nearly 50 has been the fact that because of that, I learned to get really quick at everything that I do because I need to cram so much more of it in. So now I can deliver um, you know, the same level of, of work that people would expect out of a day in a few hours. 
Um, so I get to enjoy the rest of the hours um, being a mum, uh, spending time with Scarlett. So I think sometimes with anything, you know, our overplayed strength becomes a weakness and an overweight, an overplayed weakness, which in my case was busyness, has become a strength. Yeah, well, it sounds to me like you've really mastered the art of time management and productivity and you've got that focus and that drive because you know where your heart is and what you want to do. And so you get the other things done very efficiently instead of putting them off. How many times do we hear people, and maybe we've done it too, where there's something that we don't want to do and we just keep talking about it. I dread this, I dread that. Well, just do it. Get it out of the way. <laughs> Put that check mark next to it. I know for me... Um, one of the things that I'm really working on, I, I wear my Apple watch all the time. I don't have it on today and I don't have it on because I wear it when I go to sleep. So it monitors my sleep and my steps. And I know that today I wasn't going to be able to go out and run before the show. So I didn't want the watch reminding me that I was a loser because I didn't get enough sleep and I didn't go out and run and it would really bother me. So I've been saying to myself, how could you let a watch, you know, guide you in what you're doing? Because my whole thing is my obsession with my weight. And I've been obsessed with my weight my entire life. And then that has to go along with what I'm eating and what I shouldn't be eating and what I want to eat and I'm going to eat and then I hate myself. It just goes around and around and around. And so the watch is almost like an accountability partner saying, you know, hey, but when you're working and you're broadcasting, I can't be out jogging. So I can't be in solid core. So anyway, uh, that's something that I'm really working on. So I said to myself, I'm not going to wear the watch because I'm not going to be told that I'm a zero, which I'm interpreting. And then when it's time for me to go to solid core, I always get there early and I walk a mile before class and then I walk after class and I could run tonight. So then I'll, I'll have the watch on and I'll get the yay. <laughs> Good job. You closed all your circles today. Your rings. Woo. <laughs> which makes no difference in the big picture of life. I love that though, but I, I used to put things on my to-do list that I'd already done just so that I could tick them off. Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. then I can tick them off. I can get some, some level of gratitude from <laughs> 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 like, you've added in work. <laughs> you've written down something you've already done to tick it off. It's like Can I tell you I've done that too? <laughs> I, I have a clipboard with my, I, I don't have it right here, but I have those, you know, the, the, the legal pad, the yellow with the lines yeah. and I save every day. I have a, a file. Why am I saving? I don't know, but I'll go back and go, oh yeah, you spoke to this person. You did that like a week later when I'm putting the, the paper away, I'm like, why are you doing this? No one's going to see it, but you. Why are you even right? You know, it just doesn't make sense. But Anne Louise O'Connell, she's saying that she does this too. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. It's like my mum, bless her, who, who I adore. Um, she was hall secretary for one of the uh, universities uh, over here in the UK. And when she, she was there for about 23 years, I think. Um, and when she came to, to leave, we were kind of setting everything up and I'd gone in to help her with the computer. Um, now, bearing in mind it was, it was years ago, so it was back on floppy disk. Everything was backed up to floppy disk. Um, and then we'd done a copy of the floppy disk. And then I found out that she'd got everything in duplicate in physical paper form for 22 years. She had every menu that they'd ever had. And I was like, hmm, why? She went, somebody might want to know. I went, 
what what they ate on Wednesday the 14th of March <laughs> oh my gosh wow <laughs> has anybody ever asked you that and she was like no but, but yeah but like, you could see that like anxiety what can what if they do you can't like I was like, is it backed up on the files twice? And she was like, yeah, well, we can get rid of the paper. <laughs> Maybe you should go into the canteen and have a coffee and leave it to me. I like it. We'll, we'll get rid of it. But she couldn't bring herself to because she didn't want anybody to think that she'd not done a good job. So the fact that she could get to anything, if anybody ever asked, was her, was her measure. And I remember thinking, that's what we do, isn't it? We put all these external things there that we go, as long as we can... As long as we can meet these external checklists that we've told ourselves, whether it's your watch, whether it's my to-do list, whether it's my mum's filing cabinet, if we can meet this external thing that we've decided is a measure of success, then we can say that we've been successful, even when we tell other people about it and we have to laugh at ourselves while we're doing it going, but that's ridiculous, <laughs> that's actually ridiculous. But we've used it for years as a measure of success. And I wonder how many more of those are there in our lives where we're counting them as, as measures that we've been successful. But if we actually had to say them out loud to other people, we wouldn't be able to do it without laughing at ourselves for how silly they are. And it's it's interesting because we know now that we're not alone. And thank you for sharing with us that you're doing the same thing. And I'm not sure if it's because when we leave this earth, we want to feel like we've got this huge pile of, of accomplishments. Maybe that's it. I've shared before that I was all about the gold stars. And I have to say, I'm still about the gold stars because when I think about the watch, that's what the watch is. I want to get those three rings that are closed. <laughs> Sometimes it's nine o'clock at night and I'm out walking in the dark just so I can get 50 more carries. I'm like, come on, you can do it. You can do it. I come up doing push-ups. Why? I don't know. But as we close out the year, we have to be realistic of what it is we're really going to let go of and, and what we're not. And I think to just say that I'm not going to have the watch be telling me, <laughs> be giving me feedback, I should say, that's not true. I have to take small steps. And I hope that people realize that when you have certain patterns of behavior that you've had for a long time, you can't just go, okay, that's it. I'm done because you'll fall back and then you'll be disappointed. And people are going to be making resolutions. I personally don't have any resolutions that I'm making for the next year. What about you? And no, I, that's why I started mine early. Cause I, you know, if I set January resolutions, I fail every single time and I fail because I've set them not because I want to make the change but because it's January and everyone will ask me what resolutions are so I'll come up with a list of things that I think other people want me to change. <laughs> so actually all my re resolutions have ever been is my projection of what I think other people think about me. So what I did this year was let go of doing that and, and started to make some changes only in the last few weeks but of things that really bug me, things that I'm fed up of telling myself off about. Um, because I realised, you know, I say to Scarlett all the time, you won't get in, you know, won't get in trouble for making a mistake. Um, you might get in trouble if you keep repeating the mistake because it means you're not learning. Um, and when, when I found myself saying that's where I was like, and how many things do you keep repeating, Kim, that you don't want to do, that you berate yourself for, and yet you keep doing it? So either stop telling yourself off for them or stop doing them but you've got to break that pattern um somewhere um so i'm you know finding myself like when i tell myself off about something going 
Why am I telling myself off? Is it because I really don't want to do this? Or is it because I think other people think that I shouldn't? Um, so I'm, I'm trying to swap judgment for curiosity. So when I find myself judging myself or others, um, I'll instead try to be curious. You know, when people tell us something, we immediately, because it's the way our brains are made, we immediately decide if it's right or wrong. We have an opinion on it. Um, but if instead we swap that judgment for curiosity, it's going, oh, that's interesting. I've never thought of it like that. Could you tell me a bit more about how you came to that thought, how you came to that conclusion? I might still disagree, but I'm going to learn something along the way. But equally, when I leap in with the, well, I think that's wrong, <laughs> um, as I'm often, uh, unfortunately, uh, loath to do, um, I will say to myself internally, go, okay, I'm curious, why are you so adamant that you know the answer? Um, so, so I think with everything in life, and you're so right, Dr. Jacqueline, we have to make small steps. It's not about massive change. It's evolution, not revolution. Because if we revolutionize things, likelihood is we're going to come back to our comfort zone and we'll end up having not moved forward. But if we evolve, if we take what we're doing and we just keep iterating, we just keep finding what's that tiny little bit that we could change that's going to make us feel like it is a better fit for us. Um, if we focus on that, so I think that's my, that's my word for next year is iteration. What can I iterate about everything that I'm doing to help me evolve to be the best version of myself? Kim Adele, you were spot on all the time. I love what you're sharing and somebody else does too over on Facebook. I don't know who you are. If you want to type your name and where you're joining us from, we'd love to know. Um, I don't know if this is the same person or not, but they will try that. That's fabulous. Oh, I'm glad. I hope it works. Let us know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and by doing the show with you for a year now, um, it's been a year, right? It's hard oh. to believe. Uh, I found out that we have a lot of things in common. It's amazing. And I love the fact that you are curious. I'm curious too. I love to ask people, what are you doing and, and what are you learning? I love to hear, like yesterday we had a guest on who was a naval aviator and he's opening his own business, which is a parking lot for trucks. And he's doing the whole business. All the knowledge that he's getting is from YouTube. So he's watching YouTube videos about how to start a business, especially in this area. And I thought, how cool is that? That, you know, there, excuse me, there's information out there that people have put together and he's sharing his journey of what he's doing to help other people. So I love the curiosity. And it's Maria Eduardo, one of our team members, another elevated listener joining us. Thank you so much. And Anne writes, I love evolution, not revolution. Fantastic. And by the way, we are over our time because the power of etiquette matters. Is, the guests are probably waiting for me backstage in the other, the other room, the other studio. Thank you so much for engaging with us. So Kim Adele, how can people reach out to you? Please also mention about the TEDx speech and who would you like to contact you and talk about your books as well. Okay, of course. Uh, so if you uh, want to get in touch, either because you've um, got a passionate curiosity you'd like to uncover, uh, then please do so at kim at kimadelrandall.com or you can find out what I've been up to at www.authenticachievements.com. Um, there is my TEDx, uh, which you can see uh, on the banner or if you're listening on the radio, if you type in Kim Adele Randall and TEDx, you should find it. And I would really welcome people's thoughts and feedback because as Dr. Jacqueline said earlier, you know, I mean, when you write a book, when you do a speech, you put yourself out there. 
And that's really uncomfortable because people might not like it. Um, and you don't really get a lot of feedback. So if anybody is willing to watch it and give me some feedback, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a beautiful rest of your day and happy new year to you. And again, congratulations on everything you're accomplishing and also for taking the power of listening and joining our team of Elevated listeners. I'm super excited to put together your certificate. And also you earned another certificate here, which is our President's Club Award. Congratulations for that. And uh, you're adding a lot of great value to our platform and to me personally. So thank you. Bless you. And likewise, and to, to you, to your loved ones and to everybody listening and watching, I wish you all a happy, healthy and prosperous 2023. Fantastic. Thank you again. Okay. Bye. And thank you to each and every one of you out there. I really do appreciate you. I say this over and over again. When it comes to Friday and the end of the week, I just take a few moments to think about all the people that I got to meet over the week and where they're from in various parts of the world. What I learned, I'm always learning something new and it's just an incredible blessing. And what I want you to remember is not about my journey, but just to share, I was in corporate, as you probably know, if you follow me, I left in 2020, the pandemic hit, and I thought I'd focus on coaching and some other things and none of it worked out. And the bottom line is that if I didn't leave what I was doing, if I didn't walk through the door, of opportunity, I wouldn't be where I was today, where I am today. And this started as a radio show that I paid for and was rapping with Dr. Jacqueline, just one radio show. And then we had four shows and then we were on television. And now we have 25 shows a week with people from all over the world. So I encourage you as opportunity and the gift of time that you try something that you've been thinking about, or you interface with people that you've you appreciate that you're following, you help other people, you volunteer, you be kind, do something to get out of your comfort zone. And I promise you something amazing is going to happen for you. Thank you again for those of you who are engaging with us on social media. I appreciate it. I don't know if this is Maria or someone else, but I really do thank you for it. Okay, I've got to get over to the other studio for the power of etiquette and matters. We will be right back shortly. Please do stay where you are and happy new year to each and every one of you. Bye for now.